Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. What's up, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast, an emergency edition of the Go Long Podcast. So emergency-ish that we don't have a microphone. The connector is somewhere in my office at home, but we're here at Hamburg Brewing Company. So if the volume, if the audio is a little odd, that will you, you don't need why. to be. You don't need to hear the criticism about the audio today it's there's a reason you don't, we don't have the mic yes yes but when you're when you put out a story like this we need to talk about it we do we have to get into it this was good this was a good one today and what better place to talk yeah. about it than hamburg brewing cheers cheers everybody out there thanks so much for listening watching however you take this podcast Always. and we are at hamburg brewing company Drinking a little Louis. I'm very, 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 I'm very, very again. Yeah, you're back on those sours. Making me, it makes me think I'm it's 80 degrees out. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, it's it's good to tap into that a little I'm trying bit. Trying to trick myself. Yeah. But you're right. I felt I'd go along. It was time to try to get some answers to. Nobody else has it. Nobody as, else has. As Dawson Knox put an unspoken tragedy. 13 seconds. Everybody saw what happened at Arrowhead. Um, obviously an epic, instant classic game. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen going back and forth. But, you know, whether it was after the game, in the immediate aftermath, the head coach, Sean McDermott, execution, right? No that details. Um, then 48 hours later, locker room cleanup day via Zoom press conferences, execution, leave it at that. Combine. Combine. Tim Graham, excellent reporter of The Athletic. Buddy of mine, he's down there. He asked. I loved how he framed it, too. Like, people want to know. Fans want to know. Um, given, you know, the magnitude of this game, how it ended. And the, the line did not change. He said it was addressed to the level it needed to be addressed. And uh, I'm not going to lie, Jim. I think as I... I kind of learn more about football. I mean, we talk about this a lot on the podcast. I, t- I take a very like populist view of football in terms of thinking of the people that we see day in and day out, whether it's, it's family members, it's friends, it's it's people that are you know, living, eating, sleeping, breathing this team. I mean, it's, it is religious around here. And they're the ones that are going to be paid for this stadium. They're the ones that are sitting out there when it's negative whatever degrees. And I feel like I, media, whatever. I mean, media, I don't care. For these people that you filibuster on and on about and love. And, you know, you can say all the great things you want to say about the fans. But you're not giving them an answer. I give them anything. Like, he, Sean. Sean, right. Sean McDermott. You have to stand there and, like, list off name to name to name. But... 
something beyond the cyborg response of execution is needed, I would say. We just saw John Robinson, the Titans general manager, in tears a month and a half later. It's not like he just sat there and said exactly what went wrong and what he did wrong, but my God, you could feel it. It was real. I feel like the, I feel like nothing, it was weird. So there's that, right? Like that's what, what really got the wheels turned on this story, Jim, is when I reached out to players, they got the same response. They didn't, they didn't feel like there was closure behind the scenes. They wanted to, they, they, they wanted to talk about it. Right. The, the guys that you spoke, they wanted to, it's almost like how sometimes when we come on here and I talk about a, a bet that we lost and I need to talk about it because it was so <laughs> bad and you just can't believe sometimes how you lose Same exact thing. Same exact they thing. They couldn't believe how they lost. Yeah. And they needed it. They want somebody to look. It wasn't. They're trying to say you owe it to your players as the head coach. They're trying to say don't blame us on this one. Right. You know, and I, I get it. You're not you're you're not in there watching film when the season's over to prepare for the next game. But they had a team meeting and it was very generic from what I was told. I should say this too, Jim. Like we're we're gonna talk about the story. We'll talk about Sean McDermott, Josh Allen, but in terms of the nitty gritty detail. Um, encourage everybody out there to subscribe. It's it's for subscribers you gotta only. Gotta do it. Gotta do it on this. Um, it's about I don't know, close to seven thousand words. Tried to look at every nook, every cranny of thirteen I seconds. I couldn't stop reading it. I mean, I, I felt like I was telling. I, I felt like I was right there in that special teams huddle before they went out. The way you described it, it made so much sense, and it took me back to the days with Rex. Where who would thought anybody would say that? Where you know Sean was hired to avoid the mis- no communication, the chaos on the field. Nobody knows what they're doing. Here it is. That's such a great point. Here I mean, it was, that's what I thought of when I read that. The way that was described, and I can't imagine Terry, like you know, that's that's what he was trying to avoid. I mean, this is what you, this is what Sean has done a good job of. He, I mean, let's face it, they, they turned the team around like they did. Now, number one reason is because of the quarterback. But number two is that defense special teams have been rock solid for them. The moment of truth is like a corner or safety when you got to make that pick. The moment of truth, we always call it. And Sean, Leslie's great. It, it seemed like there's some, they froze. How I how I interpreted kind of the, that part and hard to believe. It, it, it's a great comparison. I remember covering those rec, that Rex team That's in 2015, yeah. and it was. I mean, you could really early on in training camp. I remember Preston Brown saying how he was up all night at St. John Fisher trying to grasp this playbook and the checks on the checks on the checks and and so many code words was trying to explain like this is going to be. He knew that treacherous, he, and it was. I mean, you could see it on the field. Remember the players running in, running out, guys just springing wide open. Um, you got Marcel Darius dropping back into coverage. Mario Williams bitching about stuff. You know, three I four weeks into the up. season. I should, I should, I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was extreme. But, but your point is, in the moment, 
when you need discipline, when you need detail, you need nuance, you need calm. It, look, everybody wants, here's what's crazy, Jim. You, you look at the defense and the way they were aligned for those two plays, the 19-yarder to Tyreek Hill, the 25-yarder to Travis Kelsey. It's uniform. And there aren't players running all over. There aren't coaches. They were doing what they were doing what they were told in that moment. And but it was wrong. Like it was ridiculous. Like how is that your how is that the plan? Right? How is how is your quarterback way out there? I think what you were getting at, maybe I'm jumping the gun a little bit. You're getting at that touchback where again, please read the story, subscribe. Greatly appreciate everybody who does. But we get into that communication aspect between Heath Farewell, Sean McDermott, Tyler Bass, the kickoff team, and what the hell was going on. There's people who still don't know, but we tried to piece it together, and I don't know how you can – basically, I don't know I don't know how you can come away from what, what I heard from these players and think that Sean McDermott wasn't there because the special teams coordinator is calling for the sport. How does Tyler this, Bass kicks it out. What coordinator leaves a team for the same job? How do you leave Josh Allen for Jacksonville? Unless you are extremely not happy dealing with the head coach. That's how I take that. I don't see how a guy I don't I just don't think coaches are jumping ship right now for a parallel move. When you have Josh Allen, because you know right away, you, your playoffs are a given now. That now it's about, you know, how we're going to win the Super Bowl, and that 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 that, that thing for, for Sean to have given that message to not squib it, whether it was early or Bass didn't get it, like you said, Bass didn't. Yeah, I, I kind of let the players explain it themselves yeah. in the story. That part is just, it's nuts. Like, how does the kicker not throw? He want, what I was told is McDermott wanted to kick it out. He wanted the touchback. And Farewell's telling the special teams, squib, squib. And so your take is that he was going against Sean. Yeah, there's a difference. And whether or not they agreed to do the squib and it didn't get to Tyler Bass, it's either that or it's either McDermott just overruled him. It's I mean, a, which that would, I mean, head coach, obviously. There's a lot of time as well. I timed it out. They, they, they had a lot of time from Gabe Davis' touchdown to win the to, to to ball get that, the To get that figured out. That, that figured I like out. that part of the story, how you, you pointed some things out to me I didn't think about like the timeouts before the play like they really they weren't in a rush no rush it wasn't helter skelter there was all the time in the world and that's what's that's what it yeah but and, and you know I think people might i will say this i feel like readers and listeners and fans in general get it you know this was a game that they'll never forget for the rest of their lives and they want to learn more and it's greatly appreciated but there's a lot of measured fans out there that get that there are some that just think oh my, move on already whatever i don't want like what does it matter like, this matters this because matters. 
this team, these players, I'm telling you, talking to them one by one, they knew for a fact that they were going to beat whichever team they played. It, they're watching the Super Bowl knowing that they would have been Super Bowl champs. I can't imagine what a parade looks like in downtown Buffalo. I can't imagine what a Super Bowl would do for the city, for the team, for legacies. I mean, really, careers and legacies are defined. Right now, as Sean McDermott, this is what he's known for. It's how you get – look, so it's how everybody everybody benefits. Like, you know, I benefited from our Super Bowl in New Orleans. You know, it, it gives you some credibility as a, a scout or assistant coach. You know, you see with Dable and Joe Shane, you know, that, that but a lot of that goes to Josh, you know, a lot of that's because of Josh Allen. This puts like we talked about this, but it's so hard to get back. And I know we beat that into the ground, but I think this story really it's hard to get that feeling back, you know. It that is feeling of knowing that you're gonna kick a team's ass, that you're that you've got Josh Allen, they don't, and you're gonna score every time you have the ball. It's hard to get that. You beat a feeling. You, beat, you you had a home game in Buffalo coming. Yeah. And you were going to win that game. And they know it, and they're sick about it, and they want to talk about it. And that's why whoever, you know, that's why those some of those guys wanted to talk about it. It helps to talk about those bad things. And it's therapeutic to an extent. It's therapeutic to an extent. And yeah. I, I, that's how I read this story. I really just... I, I kept putting myself thinking about being up in the box with Terry or at that point in the game, they were probably down, they were in the locker room at that point. You know, you go down a little early. How is Terry taking in this all? Oh. This this game? Oh, I, what I it means for Sean McDermott? This is hard. you experienced? Just right? in general, Terry or anybody, any owner, GM, coach, you lose a game like that, you have to really gear up now because you know this is your time of year, the free agency and draft. But it's hard to even want to watch football. I'm like now they should be okay now, but like we talked about this too. But I I would love to know how many of those guys really watched the you know AFC Championship. It's hard. It's hard. You're like I, that should be us. That should be us. Like I told you, when we lost to the 49ers, the Saints that year, when they, you know they split the safety to Vernon Davis, I didn't watch football. I didn't watch the next game. That was our year to win the Super Bowl. Same exact thing, and I couldn't watch it, so I get it. And I was a scout. So I'm not. Be, you're not as invested as, even as a coach or a player. I mean, those guys couldn't. I mean, Josh seems all right. Josh seems pretty good on vacation. Yeah. I saw him with Sam Darnold and hanging out, but but as he should as he should and deserves. But when I say he's not okay, he's sick to his stomach. We know the competitor he is. And, and it's, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has won one Super Bowl. Dan Marino has Drew Brees. Drew Brees has won. It's hard. It's, it's unbelievably hard. It's hard. AFC's loaded with quarterbacks. I just well, feel- I was thinking about that when John Robinson was, you know, was tearing up. And I was like, I wonder if he's tearing up too because, yeah, I'm sorry, man, but – you want to talk about hard to get back? Like you were a one seed with a, a, an average quarterback at best. When you're looking at the AFC and you're looking at how the hell are we gonna get back to being a one seed? These guys we gotta go against. So he's probably like they know they had an opportunity that they blew to. I want to ask you about the the idea of accountability though. So like, yeah, this is a coach who has harped on it. 
and process and culture and buying in and being detailed in the off season. And, and, and look, I, I know I like to make fun of that kind of stuff. He did change the culture. It was really, I mean, it was bad with Rex. Bad with the whole building. Like right. we talked about that. It needed, he did the right, he changed the whole building. But if you're going to say this all, then you and you are at fault. I think we can. I can confidently say that from the non-squib to the defensive alignment, and we got, could have done another thousand words on overtime. You are the, the head coach. You are a defensive head coach. You are at fault, and the accountability is something brief that happened in the heat of the moment in a locker room scene that people can read when they subscribe <laughs> that um that part i didn't i mean yeah it was it was interesting well so it goes I'm, really, just, okay. I'm just saying though like is, yes. is is there something to that so you you're around sean payton for some brutal losses brutal. I'll, I'll even say this we poked fun at rex ryan holy cow rex was the most he'd stand there and take there. literal bullets for his players and, and that's who it was Sean. I agree with you. This was his chance to get out there and just tell everybody what happened. He said, look, I didn't do a good job of communicating to the kicker, or we didn't do a good job communicating to the special teams co- coach. To be like, just say it. And everybody would say, thank you. Like, I, they just want, people just want to know. And I'm with you. You start using code words, and now it's like, now you're asking people to dig into the story and right. or now players are like, oh, you're pointing it on us? Execution? Okay, guess what? We'll, we'll speak to Tyler. And you've lived in this game. That is what it means. If you hear scheme, like, and that's what's I just feel like coaches, on, the, yeah. on the flip side, talking to players, when they start talking about scheme, they're blaming the coaches. No we're talking to coaches and they're talking Whenever about Whenever a player says, that was called, I, did, yes. I ran the play that was called. Completely. So it's one of the players that I talked to for this story. I asked him specifically when you heard Sean McDermott use the word execution, did you interpret that as this was the player's fault? And he said yes. And then others felt that way. So I it's a moment in time. I think that it probably did piss off some players. That being said. I don't think that it's necessarily going to linger no. seven I, months from now into no, a trading camp. And no, week that, one. that wouldn't I, I be – that's not Sean's style. As he's trying as hard as he can to move forward, but everybody yeah. keeps asking about it. But he's moving forward. That's his message. I'm moving forward. And he should. We have to at some point. That's one of those where it's not going to cost him his job. It will always be remembered. But it doesn't erase – all the good that has happened since he's taken over. Um, it just certainly now puts a, it, you wasted, you wasted a year. You know, the year before they got waxed by Kansas City, we, good we, we, we talked about the chip shot, field goals, you know, we, we coached afraid, but they were going to lose that game regardless. But then this year he learned from that, right? Right. Don't we feel like he, well, for the most part, we felt he like. I mean, they punted twice. They, they killed two possessions and led the touchdowns. Which is unbelievable because they weren't playing that way. And it does, there is a feel to it. Like when it gets a little too tight, he gets tight. There's. A player brought that up too. We get into it, but like, there's something maybe to that. I don't know what the balance is in terms of. 
we've talked, I hate bringing everything back to Rex because we've talked about it, but there were days, you know, I'm at the Buffalo News in 2015 writing some stories and I'm seeing that decked out Bill's truck leaving the facility <laughs> for and change. And Sean, I mean, Sean McDermott, see, that, I, I get the hire. Like, he's the opposite of that. He's, as a as a grunt in Philly, you know, back to we were together. Yeah, he's, he's getting up That's at how he learned four a.m. He was, you know, he's. That's how he learned it. I don't know if that's necessarily happy though. No, I, I don't think it has to be that. I think I think technology has helped. I think you know the, the game has evolved. Where I don't, you don't need to. You really don't. I mean, think it's, about any, Think about your profession. Listening to this, like it's, with whatever you do in life, if you try to get up at three, like I'm, I'm like I we've mentioned on here, I'll get it. I'm writing a book. And yeah. There's a lot of mornings I'll get up at three, three thirty, because we've got the two kiddos. And yeah, it's your only little, chance to get in. And there's so many mornings. It's like my brain doesn't turn on until I've had three cups of coffee. coffee. It, <laughs> takes, it takes a little time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's we've really, all been. I I look. I've been in college offices, NFL. They try to stay as late as they can. Usually at night, they're all sleeping in their office. Like, they're just falling asleep because they're afraid to go home. How much of that is just because you don't want people seeing you going home? That's what it is. It's just, it's scary. Like, it's sad. But it doesn't take away from how passionate they, they are passionate. They do. Everybody wants to win. The coaches want to win. Sean wants to win. The players want to win. It's all about the players. And I think that's what's happening is the players are like, we talk, coaches don't win games, but they can lose games. That this is coming across very much that way where they're like, Hey coach, what else can we do? We shouldn't even, I mean, it looked like we weren't going to win. We, we, did, we go right down the field. We were the ones that our quarterback was ice in his veins. Like he was, I mean. The coaching put the players in position to lose, to the, lose game. the game. To lose the game. Well said. Well said. And now I don't think that can be more, it's more than execution. I, I think that's your point of this. That's all you're saying. You're not even, which I like. I, nobody ever, Sean shouldn't be fired or anything like that. It shouldn't no. be a thought. That's not what you're saying. No. Just give it, just talk about it. Talk about it. Speak human beings, talk about it. It's how it. we started the whole podcast. Yeah. yeah. I felt like when we first spoke, fans deserve to know how it went down. This is why we didn't draft Mahomes. We didn't want him. We didn't see him as the future. We were going to roll with Tyrod. The new coach said, let's roll with Tyrod. Okay. Plan in place. Let's get ammo. We can do blah, blah, blah. Point being, why not? Why not talk about it? Because, yeah, that hurt. I mean, that hurts us. We look back on that like, but what are you talking about? Just talk about it. You know what's, I, 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 don't, I don't mean to make a light no, of it. No, you know, You know what's wild is, you look what's going on in the world. Oh, with, that's, that's when this becomes like. That's what I'm saying. Like, look, Russia is invading Ukraine. It's, only, it's hard to even imagine. Uh, I'm trying to, around the fringes, catch as much as coverage as I can. And it's, 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 it's heartbreaking. It's shocking. It's something straight out of what you read in your history textbook in fourth grade about. I mean, it doesn't even seem real. Something hundreds of years ago it doesn't seem real it doesn't i mean and it's happening and that's real like that's real life shit all right people are dying every day 
this is football. This is a game. That's what I'm saying. So talk like, about it. Talk about it. Everybody get the sticks out of your asses and let's talk about talk it. Talk about it. Right? It doesn't, it's not nuclear codes. You know, we're not talking to foreign ambassadors it's about. So, like, execution execution I'm, I'm moving forward it was like and he's not the only one no there's a lot of coaches no, like this no a lot doubt. of gms no like doubt. this but yeah. let's let's just talk about a game it's an outlet from that kind of stuff you know and that's why i appreciate you doing this with me jim like well, it's it's people love these stories they want to know what happened behind the scenes and i it is it's and you know what? Yeah. While, you, while you're thinking of that thought, I'll just say with these players and coaches and people that I talked to for this story, it kind of had that type of feel. You know, I think they just wanted to talk about it. That's all. And That's all it is. You know, they're not. And, and granted, there were a lot that that are terrified. They're terrified to talk because we they see their head coach and how he's at the podium. But we've talked about this. The disastrous Doug Whaley press conference when Rex, you know, Rex was decided, you know, they let, we let Rex, Rex was fired with one game to go, I believe. Anthony well, Doug wasn't privy. That was the word. Right. And we all know how that went down. Does that, the, the worst thing ever, right? Because it was a rough press conference. It was awful. And Doug knows it. Everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. Because... They just didn't want Doug to just tell the truth. And that's what happens. And here we are again. It's like, just, it's football. You know what it happens? Hey, Rex, Rex wasn't happy, whatever it was, but it was, you, the media took that. It's don't, don't take us for it. Don't, you guys are looking at it like, really? You're acting like the GM didn't know what was going on. And then we've had Doug Whaley oh, yeah. he, on he, this podcast. And there's nobody more, better than anybody. There's nobody more honest, personable, and 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 accountable. And he would have, if, if they would say, hey, Doug, get out here and explain everything. And just tell He'd everybody do what's He'd going on. He'd do it. He would say, look, this isn't good. Rex isn't happy. Terry's not happy. I'm, we're not happy. Blah, 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 whatever. Rule up. Anthony Lynn's going to take over. I feel like Doug Whaley was told. Oh, by somebody, no. maybe PR. Oh, it was, it was, well, it, it comes from, you know, it comes maybe a little higher, but bottom line but is. Just, be, it if, just, he, if he was, just, had an opportunity to be himself. I told you, they were trying to coach Doug up in the dam before that press conference. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Let him go tell what's going on. Let's just be humans talking to humans. Why do you think Tyrod was upset? He wanted to play, but there was a thing in this contract, we got hurt, then he was due the money. Simple, because right, everybody kind of knew it anyway. That's what I'm saying. Who would, who in that press, everybody in that press conference, they wouldn't have been shocked. They'd be like, okay, right. thank you for telling us that. Thank you for telling us that. Everybody, would, thank you, thank you. Instead of, wow, you're just taking us for, like, you guys are taking us for amateurs. Like, we don't, you act like we don't know what's going on. That was bad, and I guess I, that was a good lesson for me because I stood there. I'm like, oh my god, this is not right, and. Just talk about it. Who cares? Who cares? I thought Joe Shane did some good stuff with um, listening to him talk about yeah. Daniel Jones. And hey, you know, we see some good things, but look, we're not, like he's not like blowing smoke. 
And because he's right on what he's saying. Daniel Jones does some good things, but it doesn't mean Joe Shane seems like I, a I just felt, normal. I felt like he should have been. I, I hope they continue it. I think their press conferences have been honest, like honest. Yep, honest. And I liked hearing that. And just, just talk about it. It's a game. It's a school. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, what may be running through the brains of people on the other side and where I might get people being paranoid and terrified and is the nature of sports media in 2022 which obviously pissed me off it's a big reason i launched so long it's something i'm trying to cut away from but it's very everybody's obsessed with what is going to trend on twitter like what are people going to be offended by what are people going to get obsessed over in this hour of this day that is going to get somebody fired gonna drive right ride. what's going to be that headline you know what who's hurt by this thought in this opinion like screw that who gives a shit that's why i liked your story so much is you're not but that's i think that's why you get you, you have the sticks up the asses in this league i think a lot of people are terrified to of twitter actually... like they're terrified if i say this thing it's going to take off and be misinterpreted so what what harm if Sean came out and just told everybody there was confusion? I agree. I, no, I agree with you. I think is there just, any? I'm right. I mean, it's I'm, better to be honest. And if you have a little quote where it makes you look bad, it'll make you look bad for a day. It's but it's the truth. It's the, it, it's as close to honesty as you can get, and then people will be able hey, to live with it because they because they have closure. It's that Shaggy song. It wasn't me, and it's like. <laughs> Everybody knows it was you. Yeah. Yes, it was you. But lie to you, die, all that. Sean should have played that. He likes to play music in the mornings, and he's like, he should just. Did listen to Shaggy? Well, he should. He should have had that playing when that, that day when they all came in. It wasn't me. <laughs> I feel like half of Shaggy's songs are about cheating on his significant other. And, but but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna lie about it. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't me. Yeah, I'm gonna get caught, but it was, I'm gonna lie about it. Yeah, yeah. That's how I feel. I feel like Sean's just like, Sean, we know you, you, we know you did it. Like, just talk about it. Everybody knows it. The special teams coach left for Jacksonville. Yeah. From a team that is gonna be in the AFC Championship, we're fighting for the Super Bowl every year as long as Josh Allen's. And then you also have the, the text messages between the nephew of John Mara of the New York Giants, Tim McDonald. And Brian Flores and him saying that Brian Dayball may just be your offensive coordinator because he's not happy about Buffalo. So there, that's a whole other, I mean, that's going to be. But don't worry, fun, Jim, but... at, at the combine, they were asked about it and they said there's no friction. So there's no friction. Don't, nothing to see here. You know, you know, at a podium when there are cameras and microphones and everything, that's what they said. So that's the case. Nothing to see here at all. Move on. Move on. I'm the combine. It's God. There's certain things I'm so happy I don't have to be a part of. <laughs> I can't even. If number one on the list would probably be the combine for me. I never liked it. I don't miss it. I see the hand size stuff coming out. I just want to throw Kenny up. Pickett. Right. Can't play. Played in cold weather. No no issues ever. Now we're going to break down the hand size. The best was uh, Ross Tucker saying that. Uh, uh, that was oh, that was great. Kenny Pickett can't play in 
a city like Pittsburgh. Although Joe Burrow did a pretty good one too. Like, yeah. I may have to step down. But point being is, it's like everything is out there now. I feel like, like I feel like finally people are seeing that the combine's ridiculous and making fun of it. And, I don't know though. Oh, you think people are still like? I mean, Malik Willis threw a a 60-yard incomplete pass, and the NFL Twitter account is, you know, throwing out the fire emojis to it or whatever they did. Like, it's an incomplete pass with no defense. Are, are we really going to drool over this right now? Look, look, he might be incredible, and he's got some gifts, and I'm just talking about this play. I, it came across well, my feet. That's I was like, yeah, that's enough of Twitter. You should, you should never crush a guy at the combine, and you should never worship a guy from the combine. I mean, it's... It, it's ridiculous. Use it as a tool or whatever you like analytically, how you like to scout. There's there is good from the combine. There is. But it can't be your uh and what happens is a lot of times this is the first time coaches are seeing these guys. You know, they haven't had time to look at these players. That's not their job. So coaches go out there, it's the first time they're seeing a guy. So the first time they see a Pickett's hand size, and you know Sean Payton used to talk about hand size for quarterbacks. He did. I don't even. I, I, but I don't remember us ever having like. I don't. I can't say it ever. Other than, I think he would always say. I think coaches like say ideally, we would like his hand size to be ten. You know, nine and a half, ten. You know, okay. But it doesn't take away from. I mean, it's just insane. It's insane. So when you're. Like when you're working for the Bills and you get these 15 minute speed dates, right? They're like 15 oh, minutes. Go ahead. What's like the craziest go, uh, story you have? Well, I can tell you where, like, and this is this is great. So, how many people can meet their significant other in 15 minutes and know it's right or wrong? I, you know. Look, I will say, I mean, maybe, me, me, me maybe, and Gina met on a... So you guys knew on 15 minutes. One date in, and we kind of knew we were getting married, so... So 15 minutes? No, that, you know, our first date, we were, it was about four and a half hours at uh, Barney's Sorora, so... That's a little more. It's a little bit more than 15 minutes, you're right. Um, I can think of disaster interviews when you just feel for the guy. Josh Norman, when I was with the Saints. Really? Oh, was I that felt, bad? I just felt for him. Why? It wasn't right. They, so we had these guys look at their plays. They were using Xbox controller because that's how you would rewind the play. Like they were hooked up. It was, I mean, that part was nice. Okay, hey, Josh, here's a look at your, it was watching your plays at Coastal Carolina, good and bad. Okay, what did you do wrong on this play? Rewind it. What are you seeing on the formation? What do you see? Talk us through it. You know, and it's, it's just a way to basically talk film with a player. Josh was nervous. He was struggling with it. He was struggling with it. Coach Payton walked out of the room. Really? He left. Unhappy. Um, Coach Payton was a part of that draft. He ended. It's funny. After that combine, I think is when his suspension kicked in, so he wasn't even a part of that draft, um, which I can remember too. Because Josh, I didn't love Josh Norman because he couldn't run. The whole NFL didn't, obviously, because where he went. Yeah, because of his 40 time. And this takes us full circle. Yeah. There was no player that was a better ball hawk, a better press quarter, an instinctive player, loved football, 
He slept with a football in his he bed through college. Love football. I remember doing a story at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel talking to him on a college. But yeah. I, I think oh, where I was going, yeah. And my point of that was where th- th- that 15 minute interview killed Josh Norman for the Saints. Wow. Just because oh, of that. I've been Mahomes, when Mahomes interviewed with us, his voice was a concern. Because it now his voice is different. It is odd. He's worked on it, I think. Thing. Really? It was a concern? We had him calling plays in the in the 15-minute thing. I'm sitting in the back with Terry. I sat in the back that time. I was sitting back there with Terry. Now, Terry I knew how him. it didn't matter. And, you know, he said, I'm thinking, I'm sitting back there thinking to myself, are we really judging this guy on his voice? Like Who was judging him on his voice? Well, it, it was talked about when he left the room. I mean, just not in a, not like, oh, I, I, not more just like, well, I've never heard a voice like that. That's different, you know. Right. That's what happened. Well, it's really it? held him back, Joe. Oh. Stop. Now, I laugh at myself thinking about Mahomes sometimes because I was concerned about, you know, well, I don't know if he's going to get away with his, you know, his risk taking and love. You weren't alone there. No, but obviously a lot of people saw stuff, but the voice or Josh Norman not feeling comfortable. Talking. I know I know Norman pretty well. I should shoot him a text. Maybe we can get him on here to talk about that. That'd be fun. I wonder if he'd remember it. Yeah, he probably would. I could take him through it because I remember because I as the Saints, the area scout would always kind of would be in the interview and kind of talk through and, and I'm like, oh man, oh my god, that'd let's, be a good one to see. You know what? Uh, let's catch on. up with Josh. That'd be a good one. But yeah, Cordero yeah. Patterson, another one. I, you know, I had heard that he interviewed very poorly. Very poorly. They asked him, it's like for us with the Saints, hey, what's your favorite play? He'd draw the formation, draw the defense. You know, they wanted you to draw all that because it tells you how much. Josh pretty much just put the quarterback, put himself out there. He drew up a slant. Quarter on. Who would I say? Cordero? Or Josh? Oh, I missed that whole thing about Patterson. I'm sorry. I'm all over the place. Cordero Patterson. Patterson drew a slant. And he just said, I, I don't really care about whatever. He's like, slant. He drew it. said, just hit me right here. I'll take you to the house. But that's how his career I, has been. And it was awesome. <laughs> that's how his career has been. But he Get gets labeled right away as, well, he's not football smart. And, and you heard that from coaches, too. And, you know, our, our Bob McGinn here at Go Long, I mean, he does – Everybody out there, subscribe now because his draft coverage is going to be. Oh, I, I, you know, I'm not going to do a lot of draft coverage. We're going to lean on Bob. He's been talking to scouts nonstop, transcribing. He has all Um, Definitely, we'll announce everything that we have going on there. But I'll never forget with Patterson, um, Porterell. Did I mess that up? I think everybody does. Porterell, Porterell. That's horrible. And he's um, one of my favorite players I've ever. Scouts told Bob, like, he's not going to be able to run routes in the NFL. Well, we same thing. I, I had it. I loved, I loved him. And our director of scouting for the Saints at the time came back from his pro day and said the same thing. Can't run routes because he's so high, he's high cut. Yeah, he is. And he's not, to be but honest. It does, but it hasn't mattered in terms of he can still not be a take, playmaker. That's, that's, that's where you have to separate. Okay, so how do you use him then? And I think teams have – I mean, you've seen what's happened with him. I mean, he's a player that makes me feel old. You know, I've covered this league since 2010. He's, and he's been around since 2012. So we're, ta- so we're just going to throw out the 215-pound, running a 4-3, tough, explosive, loves football. 
because he doesn't necessarily know the defenses that he's going against. Like, Why is it only 15 minutes at the combine? Why don't they let you guys talk to him longer? Is it just because it's such high demand for all of them? High demand. So what they do is you can have as much time as you want in the, they call it the train station room. It's so, this is, this makes me embarrassed. I don't even like talking about it, but you could spend more time with them in the train station. Those are the formal interviews. And usually those are the guys that obviously they're probably the higher profile players. Um, so you get fit, every team's going to want some time. With them. And a lot of it's for guys that, wanted, that you want to hear about if they got in trouble or but then you can bring in thirty to your thirty to your team. Facility. That's then you can spend you can spend two days with like you can bring like, the Giancarlo. That's where the dinners happen. That's where you see personalities. That's where you see, you know, the the Ohio State guys and who's the alpha male? Eli Apple. They were picking on Eli Apple, Giancarlo. You know, and Eli was getting pissed off at those guys. And like that's when you're like, man, this is interesting. Like, <laughs> Garrett Bowles, the left tackle for Denver, you know, like he was whacked out in a good way, but he was whacked out. I mean, he was, I loved him, you know, I loved it, but it was just like, until you get to you spend dinner with them and hear them, you see Jarrett McKinnon from Georgia Southern and Mike Evans at the same dinner. Mike Evans is getting in an argument with Rob Moore, our receivers coach at the time, and McKinnon's just sitting there like, what? Is this really, <laughs> like McKinnon was from Georgia Southern. He was so happy to be there. It was, quiet still in the league doing his thing was a key part like spark that offense what a player but those are the things i love those i I got so much more out of those things learning about play i saw Dak prescott come in and be the leader you know um i could go on and on really those dinners were they everything you you could find out everything about it to bring a full circle because you're being human beings talking about a game and you're not having them in a 15-minute room yeah Asking them, you know, whatever the crazy questions you're trying to stump them on or make them nervous. Or, that happens a lot. Like teams. Are oh crazy. well, then you try to. The, you always have the Play tough ball. guy, the bad cop, you know, coming in hard. Or watch this. You know, here's some bad plays on you. What'd you do here? Why just really? You can find. I can find ten bad plays from Josh Allen this year. You know what? Right. We're gonna really. We're gonna harp on that. I hate everything about the way. I just think you should watch film. Do you listen to the coaches and the scouts? Yeah. It, it, they, you get the, you get, you know these guys. But the 15 minute thing, and then guys can walk out of there because a lot of times you're just talking football. These coaches just want to know how much they know. And some guys, you walk out of there, oh shit, he could coach, he could coach for us right now. Maybe there's a moment, a brief moment. It could be 3.7 seconds where you're just wow, like, and you lose it. And it, okay, they have to you, do that. Swept they might year. have 20. They might have 20 interviews that night. They they're going into every room like this is a dream come true for these guys. They're sitting in front of head coaches that they've watched, you know, on TV. And, but now they're kind of feeling like. Oh, I thought you wanted me. You're kind of attacking me. And that, yeah. that's a nerve-wracking. It's just to me, it's a and then on top of that, they have to get ready to go perform well, athletically the very next morning. So you're gonna be in interviews till freaking 10 30 at night. And you gotta get up at six to warm up and start your full crop. It's just it's the worst. It's yeah. not right. It's just and then you're walking to the convention center and you see players practicing at 40. I love when you say that because it makes so but I think I think when the combine I think once again evolution technology 
yes, I think there was a time when it was beneficial to be able to do this all in one spot. Travel was more difficult. Scouting was different then. Now, everybody has access to everything. Yeah. I'd like to see it get back to where guys just work out the pro day. Let's get back to going to your school and working out with your better pro day, so right? Because they're in their own atmosphere and they're yeah. they're not getting they're not doing a medical and a, a formal interview that might be cool where they're mentally stressed and they're they might not have slept all night because they're stressed about the right. interview and oh man, I wish I would have said that again with Cleveland or it's true. You don't know what goes through these guys' minds. And they're thinking, man, if I don't run this 4-2 tomorrow, then I'm going to have to run the pro day or whatever. Joe Hayden was a guy I always think about, you know. Didn't run great at the combine. Really? Yeah. And all, all the world fell apart. And Florida, I was at Florida's pro day, then he ran fine. It's it just sometimes just, it's just, just – I don't but know. to play devil's crazy. advocate, though, look, look, I mean, you get on. You're getting ready to get paid a lot of money. Well, NFL Sunday, there's going to be adversity. You better be able to handle it. So did they handle it on tape when he was playing in Florida, covering in the SEC? It's, it's, it's just a. We're going to throw out everything you did in the SEC because you ran a four-five-three at the combine and not a four-four-eight. Which yeah. I've said this before. If a guy runs a 4.53 against a guy that ran a 4.48, you wouldn't really know by the eye who won that race. Do you understand that? Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't really know who won that race. Yeah. That's how 4.53 and 4.48 are almost the same thing, but it, the 4.48 just looks so much better. It's the same thing. Somebody always takes the bait every year, too. Somebody, I mean, Al Davis, God rest his soul, it was every year pretty much. I think there was a guy. I'd have to think about if you got an answer. Well, Robert Meacham was a good player for us with New Orleans. I loved him. Um, but one thing you realize watching him go through the process at the combine, he wasn't comfortable like in the interview process. He's very soft spoken, not a um, necessarily a football guru. His route running at the combine wasn't great. Bigger guy, right? But he's 220 pounds and ran a 4-4, low 4-4, high 4-3. I'd have to go back and look. Bottom line is, he led our team in touchdowns the year we won the Super Bowl. So use them the way you can use them. But there's a that was a thing where on tape, I did learn some things about Meacham through the process that I didn't always see on tape where he wasn't as fluid a route runner as I thought he may have been. There's times too. I mean, I so you can get some things. I have a love hate thing with the combine because I do too. I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I feel like you, it's. I don't think it's necessarily what Colin Kaepernick made it out to be in terms of slavery. That's I feel that's like the extreme. It, it the, I, the height weight that part. Right. The first day is very strange. I went to one way and I'm like, what the hell is this? I think it's the strangest. Yeah, you're in you're in your underpants or you're. You know, I, I think that if, part. That's odd. That needs to stop. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Okay, I think that part he was. But the thinking. drills and the, the agility drills stuff, that's like not, it's your benefit. Good. You're you're bringing value to yourself by jumping really high into the sky, running a good forty, catching pass as well. Like well, if you perform, you're you're helping your stock. And, I mean, you're showing, and you're and as a GM, as somebody running a team, well, you're going to see who's fluid. No doubt, you're you know who's. One after the next, where you're going to see Meacham run around, yeah. and then another guy in that draft class running right after him. And you are competing. You do see side by side the quarterbacks throwing. Like Cam Newton didn't throw well at the combine. No, he didn't. 
I had everybody making fun of me because like you like him. I'm like, I'm sorry, just won a national championship. Then you also have no players. On the flip side, I, I still remember Johnny Manziel's press conference in the media, like everybody just rushing toward the podium to be around him. It was like a, a herd of elephants, and we're just all around him. We're all like, and he knocked it out of the park. It was so many stories are written, so many tweets. He was were, built for that. He, oh, he had it down to a T. Oh, grown, grown man, matured, learned from his mistakes. I mean, it was smooth. His delivery was off the charts. And he only got worse, way worse. I did a, so when I was working for the, in the AAF for the San Diego fleet, Mike Martz was our head coach. And Manziel was wanted to play in the AAF. So he was out in San Diego. So I went, um, Whitfield, George Whitfield was yeah. his. So Whitfield, we, I went to this high school and worked Manziel out. <laughs> and we, we, it was, it was a, I, I've scouted Manziel. I knew what he was. I mean, he was not never going to be good, but but he had. I mean, he did have. He had big hands. Believe it or not, he was a smaller quarterback, but it was okay because he had big hands. But anyway, he. Um, I remember being in the car with him after the workout. We were going some. We were, oh, we were going back because he was going back to inter- talk to Marks at our facility. And uh, I remember just, he was talking about his girlfriend at the time and hey, things are, you know, things have been good with us and um, things are changing. And I remember sitting there thinking, nothing's changing. <laughs> like, I think two months later they broke up. Oh. He ended up signing with Memphis in the AAF. It was, and he played fine, but I remember thinking, watching him like at the high school, at the workout, I'm like, I feel like I'm watching like a, you know, a, Maybe an average, good average division one quarterback. Like I'm not looking at this like NFL can't miss like man, he's five whatever he was five eleven. How do you, I mean? I guess Mike Evans is a stud. Mike Evans definitely he's still Johnny it. though. Like Johnny I'm not watching a, those games. Johnny it was, was Johnny exciting. Was an incredible college football. How did he do it? Well, I think a lot of the, the playmaking, the playmaking changes in the NFL. Yeah. Reggie Bush couldn't get away with the stuff he got away with. Right. Manziel couldn't either. Guys are just too fast on defense. There's just too many good players on defense. That's all. I think that's all it is. And for Manziel, that was back in the – I mean, he was playing back in the – when Texas A&M wasn't in the SEC and the Big 12. They weren't playing any good defense. There's no defense there. So there's a lot you can break down. I just think about all this stuff we do with these guys, and it's like, man, it's – they go through a lot. Like Manziel went through. I mean, I'm, I, I was thinking that too. Here's a guy that was a first round pick, Heisman. Did he win a Heisman? He yeah, won. freshman Heisman Trophy. Blah blah. And here we are in a, in a car. We just worked out of high school in San Diego to play for a, the AAF. He really did try to hang out as long as he could, didn't he? He did. To his he, credit, he wanted to play. He was all in. These he leagues. was in great shape. I mean, he did. He was fine. He looked fine. What was a fan controlled football league he tried to play in? That thing was, I, uh, whatever happened to that? It didn't get off the ground, I don't think, or it didn't, it didn't last like a few weeks. Bad idea, yeah. Bad idea. I just remember he had that interview after win or lose, we lose, yeah, right? And that's it, they don't change, it's fine, good, but anyway, it can. I think the whole point of this is stick to the tape, don't let the combine ruin what you evaluated, and don't let it, you know, ruin it good or bad. Just yeah. use it as a tool. There are things you can get from the combine. I do right. believe that. I just 
the 15 minute thing is like I do miss it. You know, I had well, so much work to do back here. I didn't make it this year for the first time in years, years. But, so that was a staple for you. Yeah. So I was trying to work the phones hard, best we could for this story. But it is very beneficial to hearing things. Oh, it's it's yes. it's every deal's getting done. Oh yeah. Oh, I told you. Yeah, that. that's where that's yeah, where I was. F9 I was trying to. Kilroy's. Oh yes. In between workouts, I'm meeting with Matt Russell with the Denver Broncos, trying to trade for. Um, that's right. Tyrod. We were talking about that this time last year. Yeah. I mean, everything's getting done. Agents are out there. Free agency. Every free agent deals are getting done now. It's not when the clock strikes, you know, how we all think. I, I believe that they're following, you know, the, the rules the rules of tampering. No. I just hope that Aaron Rodgers drags us out a little longer because I think we need to discuss him. We almost made it through a whole podcast here without bringing him up. Don't, we, we don't we have did to. Mahomes, we, we did Rodgers, so we, we stuck we to it. All, all our, our usuals. All right. Yep. That's going to do that it. That was good. Thing. That was a fun time. Great job on the story. Thanks, I really, Jim. I appreciate it as a just a football. Uh, hearing it was wow, wow. Thank you for your perspective. And just really fun to read. Fun to read. We always kind of come back to that perspective you have in that interview room with him. But uh, no, I, I feel like we, we're gonna with this podcast, of course, but at the newsletter itself. If there's a pressing question, if there's something you feel out there that isn't getting answered, let me know. We're gonna try to figure it out because I mean I feel like they're in the this NFL the way it's set up. Apparently the NFL sent out a memo. Everything's back to normal. So hopefully locker rooms will open back up for the media, right? Maybe they'll make up. They, they just got. They'll of, make up a new strand of. Yeah, they got rid of COVID. Such bullshit. I'm sorry. I'll tell you, it was great last week to see my niece and nephew go to school with a smiling face. Could fill up a stadium at the Super Bowl with no mask. These kids had to wear. It's it's so funny to see how many. Uh, oh, let's not talk. About I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's I'm very, not, I got it. It's a sensitive subject sensitive for many. Subject. But don't know how we got on that. Sometimes you got therapy. Yeah. Our podcast, it's therapy for me. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>